You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy. I have a, a proposition. What's that? For the two of you. Okay. How do you feel? How do you feel about this? I I think it's about time we franchised this podcast out. I'm listening. Yeah. What does that all entail? Yeah, I'm very curious. That means other people would do it. Like multiple <laughs> other groups of people would do different versions. Um, and they would pay us ninety to ninety-five percent of proceeds. I feel that like sounds, we've talked about this in the past. Sounds have like a we? pretty good deal. But it is time to bring it up again. If if we have, I don't remember anything we said. And yeah, it's time to it's, circle that around. That means to it's it. fresh. <laughs> um, and I think uh, we didn't do it last time. And I I, I don't not. I don't know why. Maybe maybe the market wasn't right. But I wonder I wonder if maybe now is the time. Well, as we know, we have covered most of all fairy tales. Said most of the real ones. Most of the real ones. So yeah, it's about time that other people started um, started doing their take on the real ones. And I just i i feel like I feel like we could do maybe multiple different versions with celebrities. Maybe that'd be fun. And then, and then we, and then we would just kind of be in the background. Maybe, what, maybe what we would could we do in the background? Profit. Oh, <laughs> love that. So just we get Audrey Plaza in here. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say we have yes. uh, we have our finger on the pulse of who's hot, such yeah. as <laughs> Audrey Jennifer Plaza, Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, Plaza, Ray Romano, Christopher Lloyd, Brad Garrett. <laughs> I think we have be... to have Ray Romano on here. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a great version. Well, yeah, Brad Garrett's his brother, so he could get us in. Is in who's brother? Ray Romano's. Is that true? No. <laughs> they played them on the TV. Oh, I didn't watch that show. <laughs> we just we just talk about it a lot. And this and this is what I mean. There's there's virtually no prerequisite knowledge. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. <laughs> What if we bring the celebrities on and we just make them cold read a fairy tale? Like it's a script? That Yeah, that is indifferent from their regular everyday job. Right, make like it, they should be fine at that. Make it acting. Yeah, that's... Or comedy or whatever they do. Yeah, well you've had, you have <laughs> some directing experience, Gordy, so you know what magic words to get the acting out of them. Yeah. It's mostly just screaming, do better into their face. We are mostly riffing here, but can I pull back the curtain of the artifice a little bit and suggest a very stupid real idea? 
Yeah, yeah. Please. What if we had our listeners pick their favorite episode of every episode we've done? Yeah. And we write a transcript of that episode, and then we pick people on Cameo to read it. That that sounds like it would be fun. Like some real C-list actors to actually do this. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a, a good use of about 60 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> who's who's the, the dream team of uh, people who are not expensive on Cameo? Uh, Kathy and Jimmy. Great. At least. Rob Bogoyevich like... is on Cameo. Okay, yeah, we, we, we'd have to take a look-see at who we could possibly get. Um, yeah, and then it just goes out into the feed. What if people like that better, though? <laughs> it would just be a rehash of a previous episode. I mean, you can, 60 bucks only gets you so much. Who is the comedian who is, like, tweeting out his location because he was lonely? I have no idea. There's, there's like, there's a comedian who, like, I'm having lunch at this place, come say hi. <laughs> um, I feel like if we find, if we find names like that, they, that'll be real easy mm-hmm. to get them on board. Like, if they're looking for people to have lunch with them, like, well, how about, how about instead of lunch, you just read our words again, <laughs> and people will listen to you. What if we made Kevin Sorbo read a fairy tale? <laughs> He is on Cameo. He is on Cameo. Uh, he's. Do we want to give Kevin Sorbo money is the question. He has some troubling personal beliefs. Indeed. Um, but would it be good content? <laughs> it would definitely be good content. Can I don't know if it's worth Kevin it. Kevin Sorbo with fairy tales? Like, can it be a punishment for being, like, for having those those bad takes i mean at the end of the day he's still getting paid so yeah that's the issue if we don't hire him someone else will jim cummings is on here for 350 dollars. that's pretty that's way better than i thought you could get jim cummings for <laughs> that's a, yeah that's a deal is this yeah, like I don't, per I don't hour know how, or is this just i don't know what that rate is this is per minute My, of footage. It's a personalized video, a business video, or a live video call are his options. I guess that last one's the closest to what we're doing. What about Eric Roberts? $105. You're going to have to remind me who Eric Roberts is. Uh, you've seen him in a number of things, and none of them are good. Okay. I feel like... Uh, isn't the Tiger King lady on there? Probably. Carmen, you best know him as as the guy in Magic Puppy. <laughs> yes. That's a get. We have talked about Magic Puppy, so we have basically endorsed him already. Call we just mockery? have to make sure no one who we ask listens to this episode. <laughs> Colin Mockery is available. What's his price? Uh, half a Cummings. <laughs> Seriously? That's a very unfortunate metric. (laughs) So we could get double the Colin Mockery for the price of one Cummings? I think we could get Colin Mockery to just do all three parts. 
in three different sessions. It seems like most of the cast of Scrubs is on here, other than the main trio of Scrubs. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm all right with this. Uh, tell, I guess well, tell us. Yeah, we'll spitball it. Yeah. If you have a, an episode suggest, because some of those could use some cleanup. I feel like there are some some seminal lore episodes that could use a, a fresh go. Guys, we could get Krillin for seventy dollars. Great, two two hundred and ten dollars well spent for three Krillins. <laughs> well, let's do a new fairy tale today. Yeah, you'll have to tell me if this one's real or not. Uh, this is a two parter. Oh boy! I will warn you. One of those where uh, Freybug is protesting that. <laughs> <laughs> Already upset to hear about it. Oh no, Cricket's down here. Both oh. the interns are present, and therefore uh, this tale is going to be starting off in chaos. Uh, <laughs> Cricket has grown a lot more comfortable very suddenly, <laughs> uh, and much more demanding of attention at all times of the day. She finally decided to just stop giving a shit about it. Yeah, and she's felt new freedom, and now is instigating a game of butthole supremacy at my feet, so this will be- It is really freeing when you realize the thing that you've been afraid of for a long time is just some stupid bullshit. (laughs) I mean, to be fair- And it was never a threat. (laughs) To be fair, Freybug does coat Cricket in a significant amount of saliva, which is then transferred to my hands when I pet her. Right. And that Uh, is not ideal, but it is also not a threat. (laughs) No. Cricket has become used to the feeling of a cold nose in her butthole, and it seems to be largely capable of completely ignoring it while uh, pursuing her own goals. (laughs) And I wish that for all of you out there. (laughs) May may we all grow accustomed to cold noses in our buttholes and continue pursuing our goals in spite of them. So we can just get on with our business. Sometimes it just it's that's just how life is. That's how it goes. It how the do cookie. be that way, as the children say. Yep. All right. So Freybug's good interning has completely stopped, uh, and there may be dog getting water sounds in the background. So we're off to a great start <laughs> to this. To this summer. is why we need to use cameo. Right. Yeah. It'll Every... bring up the, the entire the, yeah the full quality. Freybug, can you go intern? Wonder, in wonder what the cost would be to outsource this entirely to whoever we can find on Cameo. Well, every episode thus far has been the first draft, and then we're gonna go back and redo them all <laughs> with celebrity voices. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just a, a un- thing unusual. we will definitely do. Unusual to kind of broadcast the rough drafts, but this is <laughs> this is podcasting. It's we're all about transparency here. So, like this, we're, this is the raw, uncut footage. <laughs> uncut, but edited. Some cut footage. <laughs> all the all the long, awkward pauses as we think of what to say next have vanished entirely. But otherwise, all right. Uh, well, today we're going to France. How uh, how deep are we going into France? <laughs> we're going pretty deep, I, I would say. Uh, so France is known for giving us certain gifts in terms of, uh, I, I don't know certain why. Certain gifts, certain curses. France has a deeper pulse than anyone on the politics of fairy kind. <laughs> um, so we're getting into some of that in this, uh, this story here. 
There's a fair few deep thinkers from France. Uh, I suppose that makes sense. uh, This is another Kid Chaos uh, production. Um, so I don't know, feel about that how you will get, get yourselves emotionally prepared. Mm -hmm. We got France plus Kid Chaos in this, the punishment of Gangana. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I imagine it is also the punishment of us. There's, there's going to be a lot of punishing happening. I'm pretty sure. Uh, before we get into this, I'm going to do a quick advertisement, because mm-hmm. we don't do those on our show, so <laughs> i got to break the rules sometimes. You're not the only one who gets to crime. Uh, Kickstarter should be going live probably a week from the release of this podcast. I was originally going to have it go live on the release of this podcast, but i got a convention to prep for, and I don't <laughs> like doing two things at the same time. Sure. Um, so I'm going to wait till after I have survived that convention, and then it should go live. Uh, so... Uh, Hopefully there will be a link in the description to go follow it and get notified on launch. Indeed, and probably a tweet on the day. Hooray! Um, So, yeah, if you are interested in an art book that goes into some stories of made-up people and also some processes for how to make up people of your own, uh, that is what what I got going on. And now, back to the show. The Punishment of Gangana. Once there lived a king and a queen ruling over a country so small you could easily walk around it in a day. We've been over this. <laughs> this is a it's this just is a, a house. Yeah. <laughs> it is just a, a house. A backyard. Yeah. Um, side note, as I was reading this, I like the full weight of the fact that I noted this last week and I don't remember of any any of it has fallen upon my shoulders. I do remember this being a ride, so oh. Okay. This will be fun for all of us now. Um, Hmm. The king and queen are both good, simple people. They're not very wise, but they are anxious to be kind to everyone. Anxious. Anxious. They want to be nice so bad. Ultimately, this sucked. (laughs) For Uh, whom? For everyone, I think. Because the king allowed all the subjects to talk at once, because he wasn't going to... (laughs) Yeah, you just don't want to be rude and tell them to wait their turn. Like, everyone gets a voice. That voice just happens to happen at the same time as everyone else's voice. Are these tiny people? Um, no, this might be a large house. Like, it might actually take the day. How many subjects can they possibly have in their square footage? How many does it need to talk at once before that gets really obnoxious? More than five. Okay, then maybe hmm. six subjects. Um, they all offer advice Gordy, on... Gordy, it seems like you you were shooting for lower, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> feels high. <laughs> you think maybe like two or three at people best. talking at the same time? At, I would prefer that. Uh, all of his subjects also got to offer advice on governing as well as his private matters, so it's very difficult to get any laws made and even more difficult to get people to obey them once they were made. This is Twitter. <laughs> yes, this this kingdom is Twitter. You're, descri- the, you're describing the kingdom of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Where everyone is 
simultaneously governing and giving sex tips to each other. <laughs> yep. Travelers always asked how how come this kingdom's so tiny? Um, so we're going to go ahead and just answer that for you, assuming that you are, like travelers, wondering that yourself. Once Pitaldo, who is the king, by the way, his name's Pitaldo. Good name. Had been born. That's a good name. His parents betrothed him to a niece of their friend, the fairy Gangana. Should she have a niece? So they had a baby, and they betrothed the baby to an imaginary niece of a fairy. So it's Just on the chance that that might occur. Yeah, good start to life. Uh, the years passed on, and the imaginary niece did not become a real niece. So the young prince forgot all about his destined pretend bride that was promised when he was still shitting his pants in a socially acceptable way. <laughs> and went around and fell in love. Uh, when he was 25, he got secretly married to the beautiful daughter of a rich farmer with whom he'd fallen violently in love. <laughs> I don't like that adjective. Uncomfortably in love. Yeah. yeah, I don't. It it doesn't it doesn't create a flattering picture. It does not. I don't know if I should say the picture it does create. <laughs> Leave it to the listener. I think. Yeah, just just think on that phrase. Um, the fairy is now in a violent rage. The uh, Gangana fairy. Everyone's violent. Everybody is violent. We're violently in love, and we're violently rageful. I imagine violently in love means a lot of lust happening, like just significant horniness rather than being the unpleasant violent that the fairy is. Um, So the fairy goes to bitch at his dad for this betrayal of a contract made when this guy was a baby. And his dad, in his heart, thought that his son had waited long enough. Like 25 years, no niece has shown up. I think he can marry who he wants. Yeah, at this point, the numbers are going to start being even more concerning. Yeah, like... I, I Of an age gap. My notes in here is like, and hopefully Dad considered that at this point, even if a niece should happen, she would be a fucking baby, which is not good <laughs> wife material. Um, but the dad didn't dare say so, because uh, they're familiar with the concept of a fairy tantrum. And he was a little afraid of getting turned into birds or snakes or... The worst of anything possible, stones. I thought you said that the king was unwise. Uh, Pitaldo is unwise. His dad seems to have his head on his shoulders. I see. Pitaldo is mm-hmm. being violently in love on a farm. Yeah. Uh, the story skips around in time and place quite a bit, so... Just kind of try and keep track of, of where we are, because uh, it also name drops people significantly after introducing them. Indeed. So I will, I'll help you where I can. Really but, make you work for it. But yeah, this one, this one will need a little bit more than the usual attention that we grant these stories. So against his will, uh, the wiser dad king had to disinherit his son Pitaldo and forbid him to come to court in order to prevent being turned into a bird or a snake or a rock. Luckily, Pitaldo was saved from beggardom because his wife had gotten some property from her dad, the rich farmer, 
and the youth obtained permission to erect a kingdom. I don't know. From like, whom? Yeah, I don't know what God. kind of... <laughs> do, do you have to, like, put that into the county ordinances? Like, what's... Uh, I don't know. So, it's a farm You have to kingdom. get, like, plates for your house. Yeah. <laughs> you got, they gotta bring inspectors out there, make sure that the land can support a kingdom. You gotta get your kingdom license. Make sure it's zoned for a kingdom. <laughs> right. Uh, so I guess this like barely met the zoning requirements, and he has a kingdom on whatever bit of farm uh, his wife got from her dad. And most princes would have been pretty mad about this whole situation, because they shouldn't have to lose their birthright because some fairy got pissed off that an imaginary niece is not still their betrothed. Um, and most princes would have been mad, especially because... The dad died very shortly after this. And so, like, I guess the implication is you'd be mad because the birthright was right there. And if she so just close. held off on the tantrum a little bit, he would have been a king. Um, which does not assume a lot of love lofts between <laughs> dad and son. <laughs> if rage at this is the only, I don't know. Um and the queen, his uh, his mom, was delighted to reign in his place. So I, I guess that's cause for rage. It's like, how dare mom take charge of this kingdom? Uh, but Pataldo is not like most princes. He is a contented young man, and he is satisfied with his tiny court, which includes a lord chamberlain and a high steward and several attendant gentlemen, and his young queen had some ladies-in-waiting and maids of honor. So maybe this is the entire kingdom. <laughs> and they're just... all talking. And they're all talking all the time. <laughs> he set up a mint to coin some money. He kept five policemen to punish the boys caught in the act of throwing stones at the palace window. <laughs> <laughs> the highest crime in the land. <laughs> the only crime possible in the land. <laughs> The palace probably takes up a good portion of the kingdom. Uh, the first man given the position of the seneschal, which is kind of a, a combination of a steward of the house and the head of, of the local justice department, like someone who just takes care of things, including crime, uh, was his wife's father, who is a man named Kaboche. Kaboche. I'm, again, probably pronouncing all of these wrong, so just assume that I am an idiot and I am sorry. Um... So Kaboche was awesome and sensible because he was a farmer and he still did farmer things, even though part of his farm was now a kingdom suddenly. <laughs> like, I wonder if he's just like letting these kids play, play acting. Oh yeah, you started a mint? You make your own money now? That's cool. It, it's fucking, it's a fucking tree house for a castle. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> They're just like stamping polymer clay and calling it good coins. Being able to walk around this within a day is doing a lot of work <laughs> to disguise the true size. Yeah, because there, there's no indication of, of how much within a day that is. Uh, so the king and Kabosh would have breakfast together every morning, and then they would talk over the state papers. And sometimes that was an endeavor that took like two hours, but most days Kabosh would give it a few minutes and then he'd say, Excuse me, sire, but your majesty doesn't understand this affair in the least. Leave it to me and I will settle it. 
So Kabosh really is just humoring these <laughs> these two ding-dongs. It does seem that way. But what will I do? asked the king, and Kabosh answered, Oh, rule your wife, and see after your fruit garden, and you'll find that these two things will take up all your time. Blech. So the king agreed and was secretly glad to be rid of the cares of government. <laughs> Aren't we all? And again, this is the government of, like, a, a part of a farm. <laughs> not not the whole farm. I don't High think, stakes. Yeah, I don't, maybe Kabosh allowed the rest of his farm to get folded into this kingdom. Just because, like, his daughter married a ding-dong, but what a charming and delightful ding-dong he is. I mean... This farm is on the brink of civil war, apparently. <laughs> so maybe it is higher stakes than we're giving it credit for. Yeah, I don't know how far back in time we flashed from that, like, diagnosis of its current state of affairs. And I honestly don't remember if we go back to that current state <laughs> of affairs. <laughs> uh, so Kabosh did all the work, but Bataldo never failed to appear on the grand occasions in his royal mantle of red linen and his scepter of gilded wood. So he does play dress up and show up for, for the important things. Otherwise, he would hang out studying books about fruit trees and then gardening fruit trees, and at night he would play cards with Kabosh and then he'd sup in public with the queen and they kept a firm 10pm bedtime. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, like, it, he's got his routine. It seems pretty yeah. chill. It's a yeah. nice little life you've carved out. Right. On your kingdom <laughs> that your father-in-law runs. Probably because it's easier for him to just keep running the farm as he's been doing his whole life than to try and, and trust this boy. Uh, the queen was quite happy. Uh, she spent her time in the dairy and she made some rad cheeses. Like... <laughs> What are we this, talking? Yeah, this queen, camembert, all of it. She's so good at cheese. Like a Mexican blend? Yeah, Ooh. for sure. Uh, but no matter how busy the cheese business kept her, she never forgot to bake a little barley cake and make a tiny cream cheese and put them under a particular rose tree in the garden. Every day? Every day. I wonder if that means cream cheese is super fast to make. And also how... Is it easy? Can I make a cream cheese? <laughs> never, genuinely never thought about it once. <laughs> I've thought about making cheese before. Uh, I've not followed through on finding rennet or doing the things. <laughs> but you have considered it. I have considered it. I have also considered getting a butter churn. There's Carmen, like a how much Stardew Valley are you playing? <laughs> I mean, this was unrelated. Um, Are you sure? I, I am pretty... There's no butter churns in Stardew was, Valley. Was it exacerbated? It was more because of research for book. And, mm. like, I don't know. I have this imaginary version of myself in my head who is totally capable of doing a lot of, like, homesteading things mm -hmm. when the real version of myself can't be bothered to unload the dishwasher in a timely manner. <laughs> Was so, because you, you, your head is full of butter churn ideas. Yeah, like, of course I can wear a, a fun peasant dress and churn my own butter, but the dishes will stay in the dishwasher for two days. <laughs> Maybe butter churning will be more rewarding. 
could just be what you need. I'm working on getting imaginary Carmen and reality Carmen to become the same Carmen, but it's, I think it's a long time coming. <laughs> I think that's true of most people, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I try it, it at be least a, a wide gap between who we think we are and who we actually are. I'm trying to at least like make my actual decisions repurchasing or planning things based uh -huh. on my understanding of reality Carmen and I will let myself dream about fantasy Carmen who, who wears peasant dresses and turns butter my advice to you and to everybody is to leave your potential alone <laughs> don't look at it don't open that door because it's not it's it's better as a mystery is this the, the gifted kid, kid syndrome speaking <laughs> yeah, just don't just don't investigate that. No one no one should go poking around in those kinds of things. It is true that that does mess a person up though. Yeah, you'll find it or you won't. All right, so we've got cream cheese and barley cake under a tree in the garden. Also, I I want to bake a barley cake now. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen, what did we just say? Look, that one is closer <laughs> to reality, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> reality Carmen is a rad cook. <laughs> That's that is true. I made up a cat in my head that is good at spices and suddenly my cooking grew way better. <laughs> so I I think what I need to do is just role play more characters that have skills that I don't have and then then maybe I will get better. Yeah, I'll get better at those things. Um all right. So, she wouldn't tell anyone who these were for. Um but she would have said that and I don't know who she would have said this to, um, but she would have said that on the night of her marriage, a fairy had appeared in a dream and requested cake and cream cheese deliveries. And so she is just fulfilling that. In return for what? Not um, being turned into a rock? <laughs> I don't, she just There's a fairy who's just like, man, can I have a cake and the cream cheese every day? And she's like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I have time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. like My dad's running the kingdom. There's not a lot of lot of like space to govern, so sure. Uh, so Pataldo and the Queen had six children, regular type, and then one little boy who was born with a small red cap on his head, which made him very different. And they loved him, Katishon, better than any of their other little children. <laughs> regular type. What does yes. that mean? It means that they weren't born with a red hat on their heads. No one knitted a cat for them in the womb so that they came out already beheaded. So being born with a hat makes you better than your siblings. It, I, I'll admit, it is irregular. <laughs> uh, so the years kept coming. They don't stop coming. And, and they the don't children, stop coming. <laughs> the children were growing big. One day after Gillette, who is the queen, in fact, and not the razor... Um, we could have well, introduced this name way, way long ago. But... She is the best a man can get. <laughs> Gillette had finished making her cake and she'd put it on a plate when a lovely blue mouse crawled up and ran to the plate. There's a lot of irregular things happening now. This <laughs> is a very unusual tiny farm kingdom. A beautiful blue mouse. Though. So. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness. Yeah, this mouse is gorgeous. Gillette just pretended not to notice. Um, which is probably... That might just be a survival mechanism. 
at this point when you live in a world where fairy stuff is happening fairly opening openly you see a blue mouse it's like you know what that's not even here <laughs> uh, and then she was surprised to see the mouse pick up the cake and carry it off toward the chimney she sprang mm-hmm. forward to stop it I guess that's just a different instinct because I feel like if a blue mouse takes a cake you just bake another fucking cake <laughs> um, mind your business yeah, it's like, that cake belongs to the mouse now. Uh, the cake and the mouse vanished, and in its place there stood an old woman who was only a foot tall, and whose clothes hung in rags around her. She took up a sharp-pointed iron stick, drew strange signs on the floor, and uttered seven cries as she did so. Seven. <laughs> seven cries. Were they noteworthy in any way? I, I, I assume that these were wordless cries. So just like, ah! <laughs> like <on> the, <laughs> but, but seven different wordless cries. Uh, yeah, seven, or at least seven su- uh, subsequent wordless cries. So it could have but been like all, a, rah, 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 but like, like a bird. Like, just like Howard Dean noises. Yeah. For the, I was going to say the... they're all just different sound effects from a sound effects library. Yeah, someone just like, they got the the permission to run through the scream folder and just pick their favorites. Sounds like a jalopy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then when she finished that, she murmured something in a low voice and the queen thought she heard the words faith, wisdom, and happiness among the the various mutterings. But she didn't. She just thought she did. (laughs) Think what she wants. Uh, Then those foot tall... Old woman seizes the kitchen broom, whirls it three times around her head, and vanishes. Today has been an interesting day. (laughs) All right. Uh, Then there was a big noise in the next room. The queen opened the door to find three large cockchafers, which are the big brown beetles, uh, each holding a princess between its feet, while the princes (laughs) were seated on the backs of three swallows. In the middle of this arrangement, there was a car formed out of a single pink shell drawn by two robins, and Katashan, the rad kid who was born with a hat, sat mm-hmm. in this chair next to the blue mouse, who was now dressed in a splendid mantle of black velvet fastened under her chin. Whoa. What? Where are we? We're in like another room near the kitchen. <laughs> I I am listening intently. I want to make that clear. Like sometimes, maybe my mind wanders off during this show. I am trying my best to follow the locations that are being described. Uh I am am struggling. Yep. Mm -hmm. We were in the kitchen. This is the next room. So this This is the room next door to the kitchen. It's like a Dark Souls. This is a deceptively tiny kingdom. Yes. Before the queen recovered from her surprise of seeing a bunch of large beetles and birds holding her children, um, they all flew singing to the window and disappeared. (laughs) The children did? Or the the birds and beetles? The whole thing. All of them. Everyone. The whole shebang. Everyone sang a song and disappeared. (laughs) God. Everyone sang, don't stop believing and flew away. This is why I want to see some of these brought to film. <laughs> right? Because you can write whatever. <laughs> but you then can write, the, You can write any words you want on paper. <laughs> but then in true. any order. If you, make, if you make those words, like, happen <laughs> with, with people and effects and music, it takes on this whole different 
this whole different mood. And I just kind of want to see that. Filmmaking is beautiful in that way. So the shrieks of the queen brought their, her husband and her father running into the room. And once they figured out what her broken sentences were on about, they hastily picked up some stout sticks that were lying about and set off to the rescue, which I assume is the armory. It's just like random cool sticks they found on their walks and kept in the house. The armory, quote unquote. Right. I, that's my assumption. The story only says that they picked up some stout sticks that happened to be there because, you know, the props master put them there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think that they just like pick up any sticks that look like they could take a beating and they just kind of like keep them around the house. And that's their military. Uh, so they immediately split the party uh, with one going off in one direction, the other going off in the other. And the queen, Always a good idea. Yep. The mm-hmm. queen just kind of sits sobbing for an hour where they'd left her. <laughs> and then she is roused by a piece of folded paper falling at her feet. She picks this up eagerly, hoping for news of her children, because if a sheet of paper is going to come out of nowhere, it's probably a letter about your kidnapped children on the backs of singing beetles. It was a very short but comforting note. And it told her, hey, it's all cool. They're under the protection of a fairy. And... Her happiness, I think the queen's happiness, depends on her own faith and prudence. For it is I who have been eating the barley cakes, and someday I will reward you for it. Not today. (laughs) Today I took your kids. (laughs) Everything comes to him who knows how to wait. XOXO, the fairy of the fields. (laughs) To be clear, this is not the reward. Yeah, no. I'm just, I'm kidnapping your kids. That's my own thing. Um, But you'll, you'll get a reward one day. It's got to be patient. Totes, promise. Yep. The queen rose up, bathed her face, and combed her hair, and turned around to find a linnet, which is a type of bird, sitting on her bed. It looked ordinary, but the queen had had a hell of a day, so she assumes that this is the letter writer. <laughs> <laughs> as good an assumption as any. Yeah, it's like, you might as well. Like, anything is, is, nothing is normal. It's like... Alright, and so she says, pretty Linnet, I will try to do as you wish. Just please give me occasional news of my little Katashan. The only child I care about. <laughs> the others, you can keep them, frankly. <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't, they weren't born with hats. And once, I, like, I have become royalty, and even though my royal duties are make cheese, um, I, like, once you become a queen, a certain amount of the royalty psychology does take over the brain. And so once she learned that it was possible for a child to be born with a hat, the children who weren't are lesser. They don't count anymore. Failures, in fact, for not having been born that way. Right. Like, you could have been born with a hat and you weren't, so you mean nothing to me. Uh, So the linnet flapped her wings and sang and then flew away, and the queen knew she'd guessed correctly. This was indeed (laughs) a letter writer and not just a bird who got into her room. A a bird who was spooked when a human spoke to it. The king and her father returned, hungry and tired, and they were amazed and a little angry to find the queen that they had left weeping, looking quite cheerful. (laughs) We didn't even do anything. We didn't find anyone. Uh, they kind of assume that she is a shit mom who doesn't care about their, her kids, which is, you know... They are six, right. Six-sevenths percent true. <laughs> um, so they ask, what's up? And she just answers, everything comes to him who knows how to wait. Which would be an infuriating answer. If I didn't start out mad at her, I would probably be mad at her <laughs> at the end of that sentence. That would do it, yeah. 
So her father agrees, probably because he's just done with all of this shit and has the farm stuff he would rather be doing. And he reminds the king that his tiny kingdom's revenues would hardly bear the cost of seven princes and princesses brought up according to their rank. So really, what a blessing they were kidnapped. (laughs) If you think about it. What a savings. (laughs) You're looking at this all wrong. Now you don't have to pay for college. You're right. You are always right, cried the king, whose face (laughs) once more beamed with smiles. So all sadness at the loss of their children immediately erased. It's that easy, folks. And life at the palace went on as before. Until Pitado received disturbing news. His mom, the widowed queen, had decided to get married again. To who? Well, she had decided on the young king of the Green Isles, who was even younger than her own son. He is also handsome and fond of pleasure, which Pitaldo was not. I don't know that these things are necessarily connected to each other, like that there's any reason for him to be upset about that, uh, but it is just kind of a fun little aside so that you know Pitaldo is not handsome, nor is he fond of pleasure. <laughs> he grows fruit trees and, and reads about fruit trees, and that's it. <laughs> Cannot stress this enough. That is it. He plays cards in the evening, and he eats a meal. And he goes to bed at 10. He's committed to the bit. I'm glad I know that. (laughs) For one. It's Uh, good to be sure. So his mom, foolish though she was in a lot of ways, so I guess he he earned her wisdom, and his dad was the the only one who had actual wisdom in this whole family. Um, She did have the sense to see that an old, plain woman could hardly expect this young hottie to fall for her. So she needed to find a spell for youth and beauty. Of course, Gangana, you know, from the title of the yeah. story, could have done, yeah. done so mm-hmm. easily. Uh, but they weren't friends anymore because the fairy had tried hard to persuade the queen to declare her niece heiress to the crown. And the queen was like, nah. Um, so I guess she has a niece now. Like one has appeared in the past couple. Like in the Is, is that Gangana? Uh, Gangana's, Gangana has a niece now. Oh, Gangana's the fairy. Gangana's the fairy. Uh, who wanted her imaginary niece to marry Pataldo, but didn't the niece didn't exist before he fell violently in love with a farm girl. Yeah, uh-huh. and now does. Now we are to assume Via magic? that a niece has happened. Because fairy? <laughs> and uh, it could have happened at any time? I assume through regular means. We've just had a f- we've had seven kids worth of years past the time sure. when there wasn't a niece. So is one the niece a baby? One has I, I guess so, <laughs> uh, or a child. She's somewhere between the the seven, six or seven. Like, and I don't think the kids are like I, I don't think Katashan's an infant anymore. So I think it is a few years past. That so the niece could be any age below, you know, 18, I guess. I don't know. Sure, who knows? Who knows? Um, but she wants the niece to be declared the heiress to the crown. Uh, since Pataldo got excommunicated to his farm kingdom, and the queen was like, nah, um, so they're fighting, they're not friends anymore, and now the queen has to send out a Craigslist ad for fairies to do a makeover on her. So she can marry a young whippersnapper from the Green Isles. 
Unfortunately, there were no fairies around with the proper beauty school credentials. <laughs> so she I feel like that's hardly relevant. <laughs> she did have to throw herself on the mercy of the fairy Gangana, who was pissed about it. But Gangana's also a schemer. So even though she's still mad at this queen, she also knows that the king of the Green Isles had spent all of his money and would probably be willing to marry even an old lady to get more. Uh, and she doesn't really want this to happen. So she's going to get her revenge by ruining everything. Uh, she hid her feelings about being asked to make her hot and beautiful and said, sure, I'll make you, I'll make you look young and pretty. Just give me a couple days to concoct a magic. The queen was so happy at this prospect that it seemed like 20 years fell off of her at once. It's that easy, folks. Just don't be stressed. Done. And she was counting the minutes to the appointed time. I wish someone had told me that earlier. Right? (laughs) Just stop being stressed. Be like Cricket and accept the cold noses in the butthole and continue Mm. pursuing your own goals. Mm. This particular episode is very full of wisdom. And, like, a strong thematic through line, despite how bonkers the timeline is. (laughs) Yeah, we're in different main character setting right now. Alright, so when Gangana came, it was in a long robe of pink and silver. We gotta get, we gotta get the fashion reports. I checked, and this does not appear to be a Don But it does have a lot of flavor. But it is French. (laughs) Um... So, and this robe is held up by a tiny brown dwarf who is also carrying a small box. The queen gave all the marks of respect and fulfilled the fairy's request to close all the doors and windows and send everyone else away. Um, which, if she were wise like her ex, like her her passed on husband, would probably have sent up some red flags. <laughs> but she is foolish like her son, so they're not waving. The fairy took from the box a small vellum book and a wand that lengthened when you touched it, which I'm sure is great for bachelorette parties, (laughs) and a crystal bottle filled with a very clear green water. It is both clear and green. Clear green. Yep. She then bathed- Maybe the container's green? Like maybe, a like a glass. Maybe the water's green, but you still can still see very clearly through through it, and so everything's so, just tinted green. So it's Mountain Dew. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a bottle of Mountain Dew, <laughs> a Spencer's novelty trick wand, and a book. Um. So th- she then bade the queen to sit in the middle of the room and the dwarf opposite her. Then she stooped down and threw three circle drew three circles with the golden rod, touched each thrice with her wand and sprinkled liquid over both of them. I would be having concerns. (laughs) The queen's big features grew smaller. I don't know if that means she's got a big nose or if that's a reference to boobies. Uh, Her face looked fresher and at the same time the dwarf became about twice as tall as before and I would be very scared right now. This sight, plus the blue flames that started to spring up from the three circles, frightened the queen into fainting. And when she recovered, both the dwarf and the fairy had vanished. 
She was first puzzled about her situation, and then she remembered the whole deal that she'd made, and she ran to the nearest mirror. Her long nose and projecting teeth had become things of beauty, and her hair was thick and curly and bright gold. So we're good. But in her hurry and her pleasure, she had not noticed that she was not in fact a beautiful young lady, but a very tall little girl of eight or nine years old. Oh, she hadn't noticed that? She didn't notice that she was an eight or a nine years old. She missed also, that one somehow? She missed that. Yeah, she's so enamored by the teeth and nose that she didn't notice the age of the face they were attached to. Uh, nor did she notice that she's now in a straight muslin frock instead of her magnificent velvet dress. And that that bright gold hair was no longer combed and fastened with diamond pins, but instead hung in curls down her back. So she's a peasant also. Yep. She is still the queen. She's just dressed like a peasant. I think this sure. is maybe just walls for Gangana. Just... But we know that you gotta dress for the job you want in fairy tales. That's true. Her mind, as well as her face, had become that of a child in everything but her love for the King of the Green Isles. The courtiers were very quickly aware of this, and they were not sure what to do until the chief minister set the example by ordering his wife and daughters to copy the queen's clothes and way of speaking. Then the whole court, including the men, talked and dressed like children, and played with dolls and tin soldiers, and ate iced fruits and sweet cakes in the shape of birds and horses for dinners. And they, did, they didn't do that before? We're no. sure? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm assuming sweet cakes in the shape of birds and horses is ye olde uh, dino nuggets. Yeah. Uh, or yes. some, like, animal cracker shit. Yeah. The sweet cakes of yesteryear. <laughs> uh, and the queen was always going on about the king of the Green Isles as her little husband. Which, at any age, is a disturbing way to refer to another person. Especially one who has not been courted. It's just become an age play kingdom. Yeah. Thanks, France. The weeks passed on and he doesn't come, so she gets cross and impatient, and I assume that's expressed like a child would, with a lot of stamping and tantrum. So no one wants to deal with her, and also everyone's getting sick of pretending to be children. <laughs> oh, so they, <laughs> they didn't even like it. No, they were just doing that because that was what the queen was doing. Uh, so there's talk of defecting when a blast of trumpets announces the arrival of the long-expected guest. In spite of the strict rules of court etiquette, the queen insisted on receiving the young king at the bottom of the stairs. And unfortunately, in her haste, she fell over her dress and rolled down several steps, screaming like a child. But, but was it funny? Yeah, it was hilarious. It's really starting to dawn on me that there's a second part to this story. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're going to leave it here for right now. On the, oh, God. The little yakety sex moment so thank you kid chaos for taking us back into the the depths of france thank you the french yeah thank you french <laughs> uh thank you to everyone for listening to to this episode and we're excited to to see you next week with the excited to get to some punishment conclusion. next yeah week. Eventually, Gungana's <laughs> got to come back and get punished, right? Also, what's going on with Pataldo or the children? Who knows? Do they matter? Does anything matter? We'll is, find out. Is <laughs> he still wearing his cap? Boy, still wearing his cap? I hope so. 
He's born in it. We'll find out on the next episode of What the Folklore, The Punishment of Gangana. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons for sponsoring this uh, the show and keeping us running. Uh, maybe eventually fueling a cameo purchase. <laughs> Depending on how serious we are about that, we don't even know. We'll investigate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons, Five-Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Lord of Dragons, Biblio Princess, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, The Cheese Fairy Cometh. You must answer these riddles three. One, what is your favorite color? And we already answered that, so, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, awkward. New riddle. <laughs> Project Birdfall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur. Spaghetto is sorry for party crumping. Caitlin, one teaspoon baking soda. Your girl Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Vespa is back but stuck in November, Emperor Versus putting their crocs in sport mode, Pyrus, Nathan the Scott, Millipedish, Dave, hey remember the time I cyberbullied the podcast into getting good China? What a trip we've had, you and I. <laughs> Hi, Listus of Wimbus, the Neon, <laughs> Haley Prime, Justin, Lily is letting you know you can always join the Stitch Along, just ping her, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. Happily ever after. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.